Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. How many want a nugget tonight for the for serving God? Something that will take you a long ways. You can go ahead and put that background up for a second, unless that's going to mess you up, okay? Uh, a love for the Word of God. I want to preach tonight on a love for the Word of God, and I'm going to go to one chapter in just a moment. But I'm telling you, if you want to make it for God, you got to get a love for the Word, okay? Because if you don't love the Word, you don't love God. The way you know God is through His Word. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. I remember, t- I know, I'm, now I'm thinking about it and remembered it was at conference. I said it right before I preached my message at conference. We say all the time, and you might have said it tonight coming to church, Lord, I need a word. How many have ever said that before? You're coming to church, I need a word. I need God to speak to me. God, speak to me tonight. And every single day, we have his word right in our hands. Every single day. And there's 780,000 words in this book. And so there's lots and lots of words. If you need a word, you need to get in his word. Okay, and you need to study it, you need to, you need to read it, you need to uh, devour it, you need to eat it, you need to see it like food. Amen? And tonight, I want to do something, tonight, just at the beginning here, and they're getting it ready right now. We're going to take a little quiz. I know we're not at school anymore. Now, one of the reasons we, won't, might, we possibly don't like to read is because we didn't like school. But I'm going to just kill that right now because I didn't like school And I didn't like to read, but I love reading the Word of God. You know why? Because it's life. When you begin to start reading the Bible for what it is, and not because it's just some ancient artifact, but it's life, it's breath, it's food, it's revelation, it's it's your guidance, it's your manual. When you start to see the Word of God in the right way, it changes things. But here's the problem tonight. We don't read the Bible enough. I'm not trying to beat that dead horse. You may be the dead horse. Amen? But we don't read the Bible enough, and I might prove it to you tonight with this quiz. I'm going to ask you some questions in a minute, and we're going to see how we do on this quiz. And I want everybody that's got any, if you don't have your notebook, which I would love to see you all with notebooks. But if you don't have a notebook, I don't know what you're going to write on. Maybe you have your phone there. But I want some way, maybe you can share with a piece of paper where someone will give you just a minute to get ready. Uh, share, I need you to have something to write on. I, if it's your phone, that's fine. Go to your notes in your phone. But something. I'm going to wait just a moment. I want, and you, at home, you can do this as well. Welcome those who are watching online. You can, you can, you'll see this on the screen. And um, we're going to take a few questions here. And I want us to see our Bible knowledge. And I want to I do it just to see. How I many know sometimes we need to check ourselves, see where we're at? Now, obviously, there's literally millions of questions we can get from the Bible. It's Wednesday night. And I want us to see where we're at. This isn't to condemn you. This isn't to make you feel bad. This is to challenge you that we need to read the Bible more, okay? Now, real quick before I forget this and while you're getting your notes out, some way to keep track because I want you to know. I I don't want you just to sit there and not do this. So please participate. I want 100% participation. What are you guys going to mark on? I don't see. Are you going to help him? Okay, help him out somehow. I need everybody to do this. I want everybody somehow to know how you did on this quiz. Um, Remember, a a few weeks ago, I mentioned how long it should take us to read the Bible. How many remember? So, so, how many hours? 77. It's kind of an interesting number, too, right? 77 hours to read the whole Bible. I'm not going to embarrass you tonight and ask you to raise your hand if you've ever read the Bible through. I'm not trying to embarrass you. But I believe there's probably people in this place that have never read the Bible through. And that's a shame. Again, not to make you feel bad, because no one knows who you are, but we should be reading the Bible, okay? And we're, we are the most illiterate generation ever of the Bible. I promise you. But here's the problem. And I'm not, again, I'm your coach. How many know I'm your coach tonight? Amen? The problem is, is again, we spend too much time doing other things. I just had uh, the numbers given to me to figure out what it would take for the rest of the year. We have, we're just in the beginning of September, so all of September, October, November, December, that's four months, 120 days, divided by the 77 hours. You can read the whole Bible between now and the end of the year, 38 minutes a day. 
38 minutes a day. Now, if you think, man, that's a long time, I'm, again, not to beat your dead horse, but go look at your Instagram activity. Go look at how long you spend on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all those things, and tell me you can't read for 38 minutes a day. So I'm going to challenge you. I'm not going to probably say, hey, how many did it? Maybe I will. I don't know. But I'm going to challenge all of us as a church to read the whole Bible through by the end of this year. Okay? You don't seem very enthusiastic. 38 minutes a day. That's not that long. You can make that time. How much time do we spend on the TV? How much time? I mean, you're going you're to start looking at those things, and so we need to do it. Now, this will maybe give you some motivation. Are we ready? Okay, I'm going to ask the question. We're going to go through it as quick as possible. I'm not going to give you a long time, but it is multiple choice, so you are a little bit blessed there. And then I'm going to say the answer, and then I'm going to go through, and I'll tell you how I did too. I'll be totally honest with you how I did it. Let's see the first question. And maybe if you can't read in the back, I'm going to read it for you, okay? And we, we figured this out, so it might be a little bit hard to get it up there, but we're, we're working on it. Now it's not going to work, huh? The devil is a liar. Tell the devil he's a liar. Amen. Isn't he a liar? Well, while we're figuring that out, church, don't forget this Sunday we are sending off our next church plant, Pastor Jerry and Veronica. Amen. Is their last service this Sunday. So we're going to hear him give a message to us, and we're going to bless him with an offering. We're going to pray for him. We're going to send him out, okay? Now she's going to work on getting that a little bit more full screen. But I'll get the first question going real quick. All right. How many books? Now, oh, by the way, when you answer, you answer in your head. Because if you answer out loud, you're going to give the answer to the person next to you. No cheating. How many books are there in the Old Testament? There's 39, 41, or 37. I'm going to give just five seconds. 39, 41, 37. The correct answer is, now you should have your answer already, okay? 39. Now, what I want you to do as we're going through is this will be the easiest way. You mark down how many you miss, not how many you got right. Next question. Who cut Samson's hair? Samson, a servant, Delilah. Who cut Samson's hair? Samson, a servant, Delilah. Make your answer in your head, a servant. Next question. Manasseh was the longest reigning king in the Bible. How long did he reign? 25 years, 40 years, 55 years. Manasseh was the longest reigning king in the Bible. How long did he reign? 25, 40, 55. Answer in your head. 55 years. Now, how many know we're on an honesty policy here? Don't try to cheat in church. I mean, goodness grief. Okay? What is the last word in the Bible? Jesus Amen, Christ. What is the last word in the Bible? Jesus, amen, Christ. Five seconds. Get your answer in your head. Amen. Samson used the donkey's jawbone to kill how many men? 1,500 or 100. Samson killed the donkey's jawbone to kill how many men? 1,500 or 100. Put your answer in your head. 1,000. Who was the first Christian martyr? Abel, Peter, Stephen. I'm laughing because there's no Abel in the Bible. It's Abel. Abel, Peter, Stephen. Answer in your head, Stephen. How many times do the phrases fear not or do not fear show up in the Bible? How many times does the phrase fear not or do not fear show up in the Bible? 127, 96, or 365. 127, 96, or 365. Answer in your head. 365. Matter of fact, that's one for every day of the year. should never forget that. God gave manna to the Israelites while they were in the desert. What does the word manna mean? What is it? Angel bread, God provides. 
God gave manna to the Israelites while they're in the desert. What does the word mean? What is it? Angel bread. God provides. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I missed this question. It's the only one I missed. I thought it was God provides. It's what is it? I bet, I bet I'm not the only one that missed that. And they give the scripture reference for it. How old was Jesus when the three wise men visited him? How old was Jesus when the three wise men visited him? Was he two years old, one year old, or was he a newborn? Two years old, one years old, or newborn? Get the answer in your head. Two years old. I know some people missed that one. Baby swat in swaddling clothes messed you up. What is the shortest book of the Bible? They're all in the New Testament, by the way. Philemon, Titus, 2 John. Philemon, Titus, 2 John. Shortest book in the Bible. Get your answer in your head. 2 John. Only 13 verses. The phrase, God never gives you more than you can handle, shows up where in Scripture? Proverbs, Psalms, or nowhere. The phrase, God gives you, never gives you more than you can handle, shows up where in Scripture? Proverbs, Psalms, or nowhere. Get the answer in your head. Nowhere. Trick question. While this phrase sounds similar to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God will not let you be tempted beyond your ability is actually what the Bible says. Not that God will never give you more than you can handle. The New Testament was originally written in, in what language? Greek, Latin, or Hebrew? The New Testament was originally written in which language? Greek, Latin, or Hebrew? Got it in your head? Greek. Just a few more. Some of y'all's hands are sweating. I can just see it. The palms are sweating right now. The oldest man on record, Methuselah, lived to be how old? 969 years, 900 years, or 826 years. The oldest man on record, Methuselah, lived to be how old? 969 years, 900 years, 826 years. Unless you're a new Christian, you may have never heard. If you're, unless you're a new Christian, you're off the hook. If you're not a new Christian and you've never heard of Methuselah, shame on you. 969 years. Where was Jesus born? Samaria, Nazareth, Bethlehem. Samaria, Nazareth, Bethlehem. Got the answer in your head? Nazareth, Bethlehem. <laughs> Bethlehem. That's okay. It, it, it messed it, mess it up on purpose. It's Bethlehem. There were two men who never died in the Bible. If you've been in this church very long, you better not miss this. Elijah was one, and who was the other? Enoch, Moses, or Isaiah? Enoch, Moses, or Isaiah? Answer in your head, Enoch. Which woman, this is going to be a tough one here, which woman is most mentioned in Scripture? Which woman is most mentioned in Scripture? Mary, Rachel, Sarah. Mary, Rachel, Sarah. Which woman is most mentioned in Scripture? Get your answer. Sarah. What is the only book of the Bible that does not contain the word God? There's only one book in the whole Bible that God's word name is never mentioned. Ruth, Esther, Song of Solomon. Ruth, Esther, Song of Solomon. Got your answer? Esther.
How many brothers did Jesus have? And this just, by the way, just to throw this in here, destroys the whole Catholic religion's belief in Mary being a virgin still. Just throwing that out there with all due respect. How many brothers did Jesus have? Four, two, six. Four, two, six. You know why we can say stuff like that? Because there's truth. Right? There's a truth. The Bible is truth. And that's one of the reasons we're so messed up in this world is because we don't know what the truth is. Amen? We need to read the Bible. How many brothers? Get your answer. Four. Almost done. How many books are in the Bible? I hope you get this. How many books are in the Bible? 73, 66, 71. 73, 66, 71. Got your answer? 66. What is the oldest written book of the Bible? You've been in this church very long. You should know this. What is the oldest book in the Bible? Job, Genesis, Isaiah. Job, Genesis, or Isaiah. Oldest book. Got your answer? Most people would say Genesis, but it is Job. So we're almost perfect there because of the one thing I threw out there. Okay, Now, Let's see. We're not going to embarrass the people who missed a lot. Did anybody get them all right? Did anybody not miss any? I didn't think so. Because I'm telling you, that manna one got me. Did anybody only miss one? If you only missed one, let me see your hand. Raise your hand if you only missed one. Okay. Honest people. That was me, your pastor, 19 out of 20. You only missed two. Okay, there's a there's a A student here in the church. You only missed three. Okay, there's some hands there. I'm not going to go any further than that. Okay, but here's here's why I, I did that. Again, I, it's not to embarrass you, but it's to challenge us. We shouldn't feel embarrassed, but we should feel challenged. Amen. Because to be honest with you, a lot of those questions that were asked right there are pretty common questions. They're not like going into Second Kings and asking the name of Rehoboam, Rebo- Re- Re- I can't even say his name, Rehoboam, I can't forget it. Let me think of the, Melchizedek's brother-in-law, amen? Rehoboam, I can't even say that word. Is that right? I said it right that time? How many will take the challenge to read the Bible the rest of the year, try to read it and finish it by the end of the year, amen? Church, we got to get in our, in our Bibles. 1 Peter chapter 1. I want to read a chapter here. I I don't usually do this, but I'm going to read a lot of scripture. And I want to say this before I read it. Here's one of the reasons I'm challenging you. And and you need to really take this serious. You need to take this really serious. We're living in days, church, where everything we do functions off the internet. Right now, we're watching online. And listen, I'm going to be honest. I need to get some reading glasses. Thank God, not quite yet for my notes. I can still read my notes. You saw John James with him flashing his his glasses around the whole weekend. I thank God I can still read my notes. But I was sitting over there trying to read my Bible, and I want to look at my Bible. I don't want to look at the screen, but I couldn't see the words. So I was faking it till I made it. Amen. And, and, and so I, the reason I'm saying this is we need to get our Bibles back in our hands again. We need to read the Bible because, church, we all have those, those phones and those tablets. And listen, I read my Bible mostly nowadays on my phone, okay, out of convenience. But I've also read the Bible through a bunch of times, and, I've, and I know the Bible. Not perfect on it, but I know a lot. But I'm telling you why we need to study the Word and get it in our hearts. Because, church, there could come a day... And it could be any day where the internet goes down and you no longer have a phone or internet to get on the Bible. And then what are you going to do? What I mean by that is we may have to come next Sunday to church and there's no, there's no verses on the screen. So what are you going to read? Because you don't bring your Bible. If you do bring your Bible and I tell you to op- open up to the book of Obadiah, 
you're not going to know how to find it. Amen? Have you noticed sometimes I'll send a verse from Obadiah, Zephaniah, some of those Amos, some of those smaller books, because I want you to try to figure out where it's at. Amen? We need to get in our books. We need to get in our Bibles and study to show ourselves approved, okay? Because there's going to come a day when we're not going to have that, and we need that hard copy right here. Amen? 1 Peter chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, you can read it on the screen. But I'm going to read this whole chapter, and I just want to teach you something. I want to show you how, if you love the Word of God, how you can pull something out. I'm going to write through it. I'm going to walk, read through the whole thing, but I'm going to put emphasis on certain parts that I have highlighted in my notes. And it's, here's another exciting thing about having a real Bible. You can highlight it. You can underline it. You can write notes on it. There's people who will say, what's oh, the Holy Bible? You shouldn't write on Where does it say that? Amen. He says, you've written on my heart. I, some, of the, some of the Bibles that get left behind are the most exciting by people who've passed away. My papa left a Bible to my dad, that ha, and, I, and I have some of my dad's Bibles with all these notes in it and, and, and key things. And, and, and it's, it's exciting to be able to do that to your Bible. And when you, when you highlight things, and you could kind of do that on your phone, but it's not the same. It's, a, it's something about reading that book and, and holding that Bible. And I know, I know this is where it's antiquated today for us with all of our apparatuses. But I want us to get this word in our hearts, okay? Because the Bible says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I won't do what? So that I won't sin against it. If you don't know the Bible, you can't not sin against it. Let's start reading. This is the letter from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bith Bith Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. How many know that's exciting? And His Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him. How many want to obey Him tonight? And you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. How many would like to have more and more grace and peace in this place tonight? All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. Are you born again tonight? Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with a great expectation. How many have an expectation tonight? Not just for this service, but for Jesus coming back and for being used. And look at this. We have a priceless inheritance. I want to stop right there for a second. I'm going to keep reading. You know, this is, this is a, a chapter, and I've read this several times this week, that should get us excited I don't know how many of you in this place tonight here are, are waiting on or have family members that will leave you an inheritance, but it's not very many that leave an inheritance, a, a financial inheritance. But God, church, we have something greater than a financial inheritance. We have an eternal inheritance tonight, amen, left to us by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we should not read over these verses and see these words that I'm reading to you and take them like a priceless inheritance you know in this world today there are cars that cost millions of dollars paintings that cost millions of dollars I saw on the YouTube channel the other day a house that cost 139 million dollars had like 50 rooms and 10 swimming pools and 100 bathrooms and there's people I mean all this lavish things that people have around the earth and that's not even priceless. We have a priceless inheritance. And it says an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. So God, how many know that on this earth you could have an inheritance and the lawyers could mess it up? You could mess it up. And definitely your family could mess it up. Anytime there's an inheritance, some of the biggest fights in the world are over the inheritance. And sometimes it's not even anything worth fighting over. Amen. And so it can, it can get messed up. You might be living your life thinking, man, I got a rich grandparent or a rich parent or a rich uncle, 
and man, when they die, I know I'm the only living, living person alive, and I'm going to get that money, and you might be hoping for that, and that might be your hope on this earth, and someday they're going to die, and you're going to be waiting for the call, and you're going to start looking at that phone, and that phone's never going to ring, and then all of a sudden you're going to find out that they left it to some animal shelter. Or whatever you want to put in there, you didn't get it. But we have an eternal, priceless inheritance that says, is kept in heaven and pure and undefiled. Meaning man can't mess it up. I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for that inheritance. It says beyond the reach. And by the way, I'm reading in the New Living Translation just because there's a few things that puts emphasis. Beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith... How many have faith in here tonight? God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. This is, I got to stop here for a second. What I'm trying to show you tonight in this message is how you can read the scriptures and stop and go do word studies, and go find other verses. And and as you're reading, the Holy Spirit will speak to you about things. This is the only reason why, when we're talking about reading the whole Bible and doing it in 77 hours, I'm just going to tell you something. I'm not going to try to read it in 77 hours. I'm using that as an example, but I'm not going to read it in 77 hours because I don't want to read it to say I read it. See the balance? But don't use that as an excuse to not read it. I'm saying that I don't want to rush through it. I'm going to get it read, but I want to read it in a way to where I get understanding. I want to read it in a way where the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And let me tell you something. You can get into this book right here, this chapter right here. You could spend the next month on this chapter. Literally. Literally, because as I stop right there and I read that, that, that chapter, sorry, verses 3, 4, and 5, I see something here that totally amazes me. He's talking about a mercy. He's talking about expectation, a priceless inheritance, pure and undefiled, perfect, in other words, that comes by faith. And then as he goes to the end, I see something that speaks to me, even as I'm reading it now, that it hadn't spoke to me all week yet, and it says... By his power until you receive this salvation. Do you understand that you're not really saved, fully saved, until you get to heaven? We're saved today because we believe in Jesus Christ and we have his redemption in his blood, but how we know we got to finish the race? So we, we, he's, he's saying that's how, he's saying basically, here's what he's saying. My part of the salvation will never fail. I'm gonna, I'm, how many know God is going to fulfill, fulfill everything he says? But there are going to be people who have put their faith in God, and as we're going to see here in a little bit, have not taken it serious, have not, have not done the ifs of the, of the stipulations of the word of God, have not lived their life unto God, and, and, and have not truly walked in the salvation of God, and they may not be ready when Jesus comes back. They may not be walking with God when Jesus comes back. How many are following me here? Did you see there how it says, receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. We're expecting to be there, but we're not there yet. And you know what I mean by that? Is you can fall. You can fail. Do I say that to scare you? If you need it to be scare you, then yes. I say it because we, the Bible says, he who endures till the end shall be saved. This isn't just say a prayer in church, get your insurance card, and you've made it. Okay? Then let's keep reading. So be truly glad. Glad in what? That God keeps his promises. There is wonderful, look, listen to this, there's wonderful joy ahead. How many are looking forward to heaven? How many are looking forward to seeing Jesus? How many are looking forward to not having to go to work the next day and just be in the presence of God? Amen? This is, this, this is wonderful joy ahead. But then he says, I love this. This is what I love about the Bible. He says, there's wonderful joy ahead even though 
you must endure many trials. So that part don't sound fun, but I like what he says after that. For a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. That's what I was just saying a second ago. You're going to receive that salvation if your faith is genuine. We've said it all the time, church, you can fool me, you can fool your brothers and sisters, but you can't fool God. So those tests and those trials will come, and what do a lot of people do under the tests and trials? Fail. Run. Leave. Quit. Give up. How many aren't going to give up in here tonight? It says it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith, sorry, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Remember, church, on this earth, gold is a commodity. Gold is super important. Gold is something that is amazing on this earth. But remember, to God, it's what he puts on the street. Okay, it's just pavement in heaven. So, so you see the importance in the, in the comparison between earth and heaven, okay? But it's for us to understand, he says, your faith is, is like gold. And then it says, when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. How many want to be on Jesus' side when Jesus comes back? How many want to be on the winning side when Jesus comes back? And the whole world sees it, and we get to say, I'm with him. Amen? How many are with him tonight? I am. I'm with him. I tell people all the time, told the guy at the bank today, he asked me for a Jesus card. I told him at the bank, I'm going with the man, the only man in history who's ever come back from the dead. I'm riding with him. Amen. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. I'm going with Jesus. Verse 8. You love him even though you've never seen him. How many love him tonight even though you've never seen him? Though you don't see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. You don't have to raise your hand tonight, but how many of us tonight have a glorious, inexpressible joy? And church, as we're reading in the prior verses... We can have a glorious, inexpressible joy even going through trials. We can have a glorious, inexpressible joy even though all hell's breaking loose because we're not of this world. We're just passing through. Can I get an amen? And then it says, the reward for trusting him, how many trust him tonight, will be, doesn't say is, will be, Future, the salvation of your souls. I can't say it enough, church. We got to go across the finish line. Do I have to stay here or are y'all getting that? We got to go across the finish line. We got to finish the race. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have ran the race. I have finished the race. I've crossed the line. We need to understand tonight, we're not there yet. There are snares, there are trials, there are uh, traps for us that the devil has waiting for us. We don't have to be afraid of them, but you better respect them. Amen? But he's telling us here that there's something waiting for us that is so powerful and so amazing. Now watch this, verse 10. I'm telling you, you can read this for the next month. Maybe you want to. This chapter is so awesome. He says, this salvation we're talking about was something that even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious gracious salvation, watch this, prepared for you. Do you realize that the prophets of the old, you got your major and your minor prophets, were prophesying things that they didn't get to see? They didn't get to see it with their own eyes, but they were having those visions, their hands were writing, and they were probably excited, but they knew that this was prophecy. We're not going to get to see it. And how many know they've got their reward? They've got their reward. Because if you think about it, they didn't see, they didn't see Jesus either. 
except in a vision maybe. But they didn't get to see him. But church, this is why we should be so excited tonight because we're living in the generation that I believe is going to see Jesus come back. That ought to get us excited, amen? That, that thousands of years ago, these prophets were prophesying and says they were prophesying that for this salvation that was prepared for you. Church, do you realize in the Old Testament, they didn't know what grace was. They didn't know what grace was. A guy's carrying the ark and goes to grab it so it doesn't hit the ground. And what happens? Does anybody know your Bible? He died trying to do the right thing. I mean, we better be thankful we live in the New Testament. But we better not be so thankful that we walk in greasy grace. Amen. We better appreciate the grace and mercy. And that's what he's teaching us here. He's showing us that they longed for that. Watch verse 11. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them. This is so cool. They had the Spirit of Christ in them, but they did not know him yet. Within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. Because remember, the whole Old Testament is pointing to Jesus. Verse 12. They were told that their messages were not for themselves. So basically God told them, hey, I'm going to show you something, but you don't, get to, you don't get to live it. And they had to be okay with that. But for you, he says... That should make us excited tonight. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Can I say that again? This good news has been announced to you by those who preached the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that they, even the, so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. The angels are on the edge of their seat watching what's going on right now. As, as it was mentioned over the weekend in Hebrews 12, there's a cloud of witnesses that's got some spiritual pom-poms, and they are cheering us on right now. They're looking down on the church in Denton, Texas, and they're saying, come on, guys, finish the race. Come on, walk in this. Come on, get that word in you. Come on, preach the gospel, because that trumpet's about to sound and they're waiting to see how it's going to happen and when it's going to happen and which of us are going to fulfill the call that God has for us. Verse 13. Now, all that great sounding stuff, he says, let me teach you how to make sure you walk in that. Prepare your minds. To read the Bible, you've got to get up and say, I'm, I'm not going to get up and look at Instagram. I'm not going to get up and look at Facebook. I'm not going to get up and do other things. The first thing I'm going to do in the morning is give it to God. That's preparation. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I would imagine that most of you, when you get up in the morning, you prepare for your day. I would, I would venture to say that if you're extra smart here and extra prepared, you prepare a little bit the night before. I like to think ahead of what I'm going to wear. I like to think ahead of where I'm going to go. I like to think ahead on what I'm going to need, especially now that I live so far away. Amen. But I like to think ahead, and, and then when I get up in the morning, I like to be prepared. And so I make time to get in the Word and time to pray. Oh, you're the pastor. You should do that. Everybody should do that. Yes, I'm held to a higher call, and I, and I should study probably more than you, but we should all study. It didn't say in the Bible, pastors, study to show yourself approved. It said everybody, study, study to show yourself approved. So we need to prepare our minds and say, I'm not going to get up in the morning, and the first thing I'm thinking about is how many likes I've got on that last post from last night, or who's commented, or what's going on in the world, or even in the news. Get in the Word. Prepare your minds for action and exercise, say this with me, self, or don't say it with me, self-control. That is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Exercise, self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation. Do we have all of our hope tonight in Jesus? 
or just most of it or just some of it. God's, God's looking for, and that's another message in itself, he's not looking for, he's expecting all. Right? He said, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. Amen? Self-control, put all your hope in the grace of salvation that will come. Some of you are wondering, how could you be sweating right now? That you will come, that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Can I read that again? Put all your hope in the grace of salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. As we begin to close here, I'm almost done. I'm going to finish reading this chapter. I want to say something important. Because I'm telling you what I feel in my spirit, church. We, we're in a day like never before. And it was just spoken to us and confirmed to us this last weekend of someone that has been in that area of ministry. With churches and music and all the stuff that's in the Christian world that we, we're thankful it's there. Amen. We, we're thankful that there's an option there. But the older I get and the closer we get to Jesus, the more fake I see. The more ingenuous things I see. The more that those big entities are crashing down because they don't have a foundation in the Word of God. They don't have a genuineness. Are you all following me on that? It's not to sit here and say we're better than them. It's, no, it's to say we, we got to understand that the, the, we, our foundation has to be genuine. It cannot be, and listen, I, 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 we just had a revival with someone who came and told us in the Spirit of God, don't allow your foundation to be rocked. Don't allow your daily devotion to stop. Don't allow your time of prayer to stop. Someone who told us very clearly, if you didn't catch it, he said there's so many people today who are, who are, who are walking in the ministry and doing God things but don't have a relationship with God. Does that shock anybody? It's, it, that's the last days we're living in. So that's why we're so adamant about this. That's why we're here on a Wednesday night challenging you. If you want to come in and get a, 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 a massage like David said last week, then go to the mall. Go to your masseuse. We don't need massages. We need challenges. We need to be challenged to have a greater walk with God. And I don't know if you heard in here in this scripture, I'm telling you all kinds of good words. Grace and mercy and joy and, and expectancy. But then we get to this place where he says, now, I got all that up there waiting for you. But for you to get there, you got to do something. That's where we're at right now. Prepare your minds. Exercise self-control. Live, verse 14, as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways to satisfy your own desires. It's crazy to me how some people say you can't backslide. What is he telling people? Don't, what does slip back sound like to you? Backslide, slip back, however you want to word it. You go back to your own ways, do things you shouldn't have done, Sometimes do things you didn't do before you got saved. How many know that's a shame? Thank God for the mercy of God. Thank God for the repentance of God and the great mercy of God. Let me say that again. And the great grace of God. But we got people who go back out into the world and do worse than they did before they got saved. So he says, don't, don't do that. Live as obedient children. But here's the thing. Look at what it says after that. You didn't know any better then. Every time you come to church now, you're what? More responsible. But now, and, may, and, and maybe that's why we don't read our Bibles enough. Because we don't want to be responsible. We, we, we take that to heart. If I don't read it, then I won't be responsible. Well, just let me give you some news. It's too late. You're already responsible, so read. Sit 15. Now, you must be holy when you feel like it. Isn't this a good chapter? I mean, it's got everything. This is a balanced diet right here. Just as God who chose you is holy, 
How much preaching do we hear about in the world today? How many songs do we hear sung about holiness today? For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. How many are thankful for that? Oh, God loves that person more. No, God has no favorites. And if he did have a favorite, it would be the one who obeys him. Amen? What verse was that? 16, 17. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. Be thankful that almost every service I remind you, are you going to stand before Jesus as a judge or are you going to stand before Jesus as a Savior? That's our choice. Do you want him to judge you or do you want him to reward you? Uh, I'll take the reward. So you must live in reverent fear. Can somebody shout that out? Reverent fear. Don't hear that a lot today. Every morning when I start my prayer, here's the words I say. God, I revere you. God, I fear you. God, I love you. That's how I start my prayers. I want him to know I fear him. Reverent fear. I think the Bible says, I'm being facetious, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So you must live in fear of him, watch this, during your time here as temporary residents. We're too tied to this world. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. Remember the empty life you used to have? You inherited from your ancestors. And it wasn't paid with gold or silver, which lose their value, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Church, I could get up every service and read 1 Peter chapter 1, and we could have a revival. There's so much in this book, so much in this chapter. And I'm going to let you read the rest. It's almost, we're almost finishing. Take it down. We'll let you read the rest. I want to challenge you to read that several times this week. It's powerful. There's certain things we need to get for sure in our spirits. And that's the reverent fear of God, that I have not made it to heaven yet. Church, when we understand the security of God and the eternal security, it is in what Jesus did on the cross. But we can fall. We can fail. Do you all understand that tonight? We can walk away from God. We can make wrong decisions. We can slip back to our old ways. And how does it happen? We just had a great example last weekend. How does it happen? Not getting in the Word. Having a form of godliness. John James told me several times, sitting there, eating together, I had a form of godliness. Form of godliness. But not a daily walk with Jesus. How many people in this place, how many people in this world today are walking in a form of godliness but don't have a real relationship with Jesus? It's time we get more serious than ever with the, with the Lord. It's time we get, as that background said in the beginning, a love. How many would like to go from, from knowing you need to read the Bible to loving reading the Bible? How many would like that? To go from knowing you need to read the Bible to loving the Bible. I, I want to I pray tonight as we open up these altars in a moment that God would put a love in us for his word. Hunger in us for his word. They who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, don't ever take for granted this time. Don't ever take for granted the prayer time, the time to think about your salvation, the time to think about where you're going to spend eternity, the time to think about where you're going, the time to think about, is my heart right with God tonight? Have I been in constant conviction of the Holy Spirit? Have I been confessing my sins to Jesus? 
Have I been walking in the reverent obedience to God? We're not talking about God standing up there looking down to see, well, as soon as they make a mistake, I'm going to zap them dead. That's not the God I'm talking about. I'm talking about us not being appreciative of his grace and his mercy and his calling and his love. Tonight, God wants us to have a love for his word. How many in this place tonight all over? watching online, listening on the podcast, sitting in this congregation, would be honest with God, not with me, with God. Because God judges the heart. God sees your heart. God knows the motives of your heart. He knows your intentions. How many in this place would say, Pastor, I have a form of godliness, but I don't truly know God. I've never been born again. I've never truly understood till tonight how much Jesus loves me, that I've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and tonight I want to make sure he is everything to me. I am all in. How many could say that's me tonight? Would you pray for me? I need to get all in tonight. Just lift up your hand. All over this place, I see your hand. How many? I need to get all in. I see your hand. God bless you. How many would say tonight, I've never said the sinner's prayer? I've never admitted that I'm a sinner. I've never put my faith in the cross. Put your hand up and say, that's me. I need Jesus tonight. I need to be born again. As we stand all across this place, if we've all put our faith in Jesus, several hands went up to go all in. You do that tonight at the altar. I always want to give an opportunity for those that are listening on the podcast, watching online. They may be sitting in their home, maybe watching on their phone, saying, I want that Jesus right now. We have to picture that person that's not here. That's why we have the live stream. That we're going to start really pushing hard to, to get that live stream to more people. If we're going to have it, we might as well let lots of people see it and, and give them the opportunity to meet Jesus. How many know there could be somebody watching tonight that needs Jesus right now? And we may never know till we get to heaven. So we're going to give them the opportunity before we come to the altar. So I want all of us to say this. If you're watching online, listening on the podcast, here's the Bible's prayer of salvation. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I admit that. I fall short of your glory. Your word sells to me, tells me tonight that I fall short and I need you. I admit that I need Jesus. Wash me clean. Cleanse me from my unrighteousness. Make me a new creation. Take all my sins and put them into the sea of forgetfulness. Because I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And then you rose from the dead and defeated death. Jesus, come into my life. Be Lord, Master, and Savior tonight. And from this day forward, I'm going to get in your word, and I'm going to read it, and I'm going to get to know you, and then I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to make heaven my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.